But I don't, you know, one of the benchmarks in understanding or knowing whether or not a creature is of value is whether or not you see the CIA actually doing experiments with these things. But when you feel the vibration of them, it goes way beyond that. And and they are more of, my opinion is that they're more of a advanced species than humans are. Yeah, so who knows like how advanced this program is today. And then think about genetic manipulation of, of dolphins. I'm sure this has gone way beyond what we can even imagine at this point. The CIA trained dolphins to be spies in multiple projects throughout the 60s. Were real encounters with dolphins the inspiration behind mainstream television shows? Between private CIA documents and surfaced evidence of covert missions, there is a lot to unpack about dolphin consciousness. Hear remote viewing data on dolphins and whales' minds from John Vivanco, investigative research from me, Rob Counts, into telepathy and clandestine government research, and more. Tune in for another metaphysical show that's out of this world. Are you listening to the Metaphysical Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere? Leave us that five-star rating and review. It helps us reach more people. And remember to like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, and Facebook. John, how you doing? Not good. Doing good. Good. Well, everybody, welcome to uh, Metaphysical here. We're going to get into a very, very strange and um, interesting topic today, which is um, dolphins, orcas, cetaceans in general, whales, creatures of the sea that I think go way beyond normal animals. Um, and John, you've you've had some before we get into your data, which is going to be later on in the episode. Like if you guys want to hear some crazy stuff, definitely keep watching because we're going to go through all kinds of things you didn't know about um, about dolphins, um, it, black projects with dolphins, all the way to experiences that people have had with them that I think even researchers that have changed their lives and, and has changed what we think about dolphins. Uh, but John, you're kind of, you've had some different experiences, I think, with dolphins because you used to be a surfer and stuff. And what's your general take on these critters? Like everything else, it's, it's, it's more, I think that one of the things that humans don't do is discern vibration. Instead, they discern what if, what physical characteristics are. Uh, and then make a judgment on things. But if you if you learn to how to, learn how to practice discerning vibration of of things as an energetic construct, using a different part of yourself, not your thinking brain, but using your body to feel, um, you'll find that dolphins, like, at least for me, um, are are more. I don't know how to say it. They're like they have a um, an energy to them that well it's much like what people think about them that they're fun funny intelligent beings in general um but that and that still you know places them in, in the in the category of like dogs or something that that is is something that people think of as an animal still like a lesser type of life form than a human is but when you feel the vibration of them, it goes way beyond that. And 
And they are more of my opinion is that they're more of a um, advanced species than humans are. I mean, humans, no, don't get me wrong. Humans like have developed this amazing like language and, and able to use technology, create technology while they have taken a different tact. Right. Humans have. Yeah. Depending on who you talk to, too, because I mean, there's yeah. some there's some people, I guess you could call them hippies or something that think wild <laughs> things about dolphins. I mean, I guess, you, you know, call some of them hippies or something, <laughs> some of the craziest theories I've ever heard have revolved around dolphins, you know, yeah. uh, I won't even get into it. It's just too wild. But um, I saw a, a video recently. Maybe Lindsay can find this on Instagram for us. It was Mariah Carey hitting her highest note next to a dolphin and the dolphin just going nuts when it heard the high pitch, almost as if it was so excited that a human was getting close to speaking a language that it understood that it didn't even know what to do with itself. It was like laughing or just excited beyond anything I've ever seen. It's really, really kind of cute, actually. Check this out. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's well, that's the thing. You know, it was Carl Sagan who said that, um, Humans try to, what is it? humans, something along the lines of humans try to train dolphins in order to speak the human language, but we don't try to learn their language, basically, mm. right? Which, and, yeah. Right. Because that's, that's, that's where humans are. Because, because a lot of humans think that we're the top, we're it, we're the pinnacle. If you can't be where we sit with, language and opposable thumbs, then, hey, you're lesser than us. You have to learn what we know, not us what you know. And we don't even think that they know anything. So I think that it's pretty interesting that when somebody out there is creating maybe a high-pitched noise that means something to the dolphin, they like, oh, it, it's learning our language. How amazing. And we think they're lesser than us. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you know, there's always been a very interesting relationship between humans and dolphins going back as far as ancient Greece. And I'm not sure if you're aware of, of this, but the ancient Greeks valued dolphins so much that if, if any fisherman or anyone out on sea was to kill a dolphin, they would have to pay for that life with their own. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, like this is, this is ancient wow. Greece and, and now ancient, yeah, ancient Greece, Greek culture, they accurately depicted dolphins in their artwork. And you can see the dolphins look like dolphins in the artwork. They were interacting with dolphins in their bays in Greece. And the dolphins, from some reports that I saw, allegedly, I wasn't there, the dolphins would actually guide in ships into, uh, into the harbors in, in Greece. And they had... Like they believed that these dolphins were are answered directly to um, the god Poseidon, right? And there were multiple stories in Greek culture about different gods turning themselves into dolphins at different points, um, and it's just a beautiful culture and relationship that they had with dolphins, right? Now, <clears throat> what's strange is that okay, here, here. 
It's a good article up. Polaris Jack, the dolphin that guided ships through a dangerous strait. Now, dolphins would save human beings in Greek culture all the time. Like if a, if a, if a person had gotten themselves into trouble, uh, the dolphin would often help um, help the, uh, the person save their life. And we're talking about some, some certain cities actually, or islands being founded from a human riding a dolphin to that island. I think it was the island of Delphis in, uh, in Italy, something like that. Now, what's strange is, you know, the Roman culture was kind of this like, I don't know, rehash of the Greek culture in a different language where you're basically taking the same set of gods and the same stories from that culture and then replicating it over in Rome. But over in Rome, the pictures of dolphins got more and, and their artwork got more and more or strayed more and more from what a dolphin actually looks like, which just goes to show you that the more north you went there, the less they were actually seeing dolphins up until the point where then they got to the Renaissance, where we're talking about the most grotesque creatures ever being shown in their artwork. They had no idea what a dolphin looked like, and they're trying to, they're st but they still have the culture. So they're still trying to tell the stories about dolphins, but you've got these like deranged looking creatures that human beings are riding, whereas the Greeks nailed it. Like they were seeing them all the time. They were interacting with dolphins all the time. So there's a weird history that dolphins went through in the ancient culture where there was almost a memory of them, but they became almost like just seen much less. I mean, it was much harder right. to see them. Right. You know, right. In the, and after Rome and in, in the Renaissance, you know. Right. That's that's really interesting. So 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 there's clearly this sort of growing disconnect with with the reality of them through the ages. Um, into yeah. The dark ages. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, I think that people still had a profound respect for dolphins, but they were they became more and more unaware. This this relationship was cut after whatever happened in Greece just kind of slowly went away. And of course, the Greeks have always had a, a, a tight knit. Uh, culture with dolphins, even to this day. I mean, you right, can do dolphin right. tours there, all kinds of things, you know, right. swim with that. You know, and, and you hear stories, you hear stories of dolphins saving people, helping people, chasing sharks away from people in the water, um, trying to interact, uh, potentially communicate with people, like in the case of Jojo the dolphin. I mean, there, there's, there are so many stories around dolphins and, and the magical qualities of them. Um, that are, you just can't shake it off, right? You can't just like, you can't, you got to understand like deeper what is going on with these creatures to be, to be like this, you know? And so from the remote viewing side, that's, that's what we went into. That's what we go into whenever we look at them. In fact, dolphins are one of the coolest things to look at for remote viewers. They love looking at, at dolphins. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> It's because their minds are so different or so open. Yeah. I mean, you, we're talking about a consciousness that's different than ours. And I, I don't know. I probably said it before. Humans, like we do this thing called consciousness mapping at times. And it's basically taking like a representation of the consciousness of a subject and then probing it to understand the structure of it and what's in there. And humans, one after the other, as far as consciousness goes, is very fractured, fragmented, 
conscious mind, subconscious mind with all these uh, fractures in the subconscious mind that are inaccessible to the conscious mind. And the subconscious mind is, is the, is the part of the mind that's uh, connected into a multidimensional reality where it has awareness of a multidimensional reality, right? And we, unless we work at it for the most part, don't realize this, don't, don't have that understanding and experience. Okay. So, and it's the same thing with every human, even things in their own life. Like we, we will stick things in little boxes and little corners down in our subconscious. So we don't have to deal with them because our immediate survival is what's most important negative situations or whatever. Now, when you get to cetaceans, dolphins, for instance, they have, so if you take a circle, and you say the subconscious and all the fragments are there and you've got the conscious and with humans, the con the subconscious things that we store down there drive the conscious experience without us even knowing about it. Now with dolphins, the circle is more, it's more open. So the subconscious and conscious are like one thing and, and they have this experience where they're mo much more aware much, 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 much more aware. So much so that when you're remote viewing them, they sense you. You can tell that they're sensing you. They can feel you remote viewing. It's like, it's like when you get into remote viewing aliens, for instance, not all aliens are like this or extra dimensionals or physical aliens, but when you remote view them, their conscious awareness is, is, it would be a little bit similar to dolphins where it's more open, right? You know, humans live with these incredible blinders on, incredible, but other species don't. And we are absolutely unaware of what they are aware of across the board. So, so they have this, I wouldn't know if it's an understanding, but they have an awareness of a multidimensional reality from like Paul, the octopus, right? From psychic stuff to, um, to uh, other layers of dimensions and realities. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of the things about them that's just incredible and why people love remote viewing them. Regarding human beings, like I wonder if it's just that human beings are constantly being told that they cannot use all of this, like this part of their brain. It's part where... of it, yes. Almost as if the technology that we've developed has, in an effort to try to become more advanced, has made us less advanced biologically in a way, you know, or spiritually, I should say, because it, it is sort of this like weird spiritual thing that the, I think some of these creatures, these animals are, are keying in on that has become a natural part of who they are, where we are actually purposely cutting that side of ourselves off because of our inability to accept that those parts of us exist. There's definitely that going on. Um, I think also the, the basic mind structure, brain structure of the human um, is to put more emphasis on the cogitative language building thinking side in general. And so just in general, when you get more involved in that, you start to, um, lay out your reality more based on that, right? And empirical proof to show you with your eyes, with your five senses, rather than using this sort of like 
body-based enteric gut kind of system. Like cops have a, uh, a, a sixth sense about something, a gut feeling. Like this is all, this is all something that we have denied ourselves over the years. Um, I mean, you know, even go back to uh, before technology, people were still doing this. And, and it really, I think, has to do a lot with just the genetic structure in how human beings were cobbled together in order to use them for specific things, quite possibly. So they stay out of sort of a higher level of consciousness unless you really, really, really work at it. Or, yeah, unless you come to the conclusion that that's the developmental process that you want to go in. It, like, is. I, I, it is. I'm thinking some of these advanced civilizations of the past, like Atlantis, for instance, they were cultivating these abilities in their heyday to the point like, I mean, look, why are, why are pyramids there, right? You and I have talked about this. Like the pyramids were definitely, there was a lot more going on than it just being uh, a place to, to bury uh, or, you know, these sarcophaguses or, or whatever to, to extend the life of, of the dead almost. I mean, these were, I mean, we're talking about power plants in addition to them being places of communication, like astrally out into the, into the universe, which would suggest then that human beings were at a point where they were consciously developing these parts of themselves, at least in some microcultures across society at the time. So maybe human beings are set up to, you know, kind of congregate and, and create these languages with one another. But then the realization or that that spiritual realization that would come after is a choice, it seems, that they have to make, whereas maybe it comes naturally to these creatures like dolphins, you know? They're just connected. I mean, they're just connected straight up, straight up connected from the get-go. Um, nothing to really work for when it comes to that, as far as I've seen. Now, I'm, I don't know what their dynamic is when it comes to the, the fine and subtle um, aspects of that, but... But, but what we've seen with remote viewing is that th their consciousness is, is it spans and they're aware of it. It's like, it's like, it's like when Paul, the octopus can gain information on things that are outside it's non-local information and, and they have that as well. It's also like this telepathic type thing. Um, but you know, again, telepathy is not what humans describe it as, you know, these like two heads with radio transmissions going between them that no, uh, that's like a, that's a false paradigm of what telepathy is. It's and, a notion about what telepathy is without right. it. And in fact, like that notion has been, people try to test this all the time, parapsychologists and whatnot, and, and it never works. It always course. fails. So then those models are used to say telepathy is not existent, but it is existent. It's just not the way they are um, explaining it to be. Completely. It's a totally different thing than what. Well, wow. and in these episodes, we may just convince you that telepathy exists by the end of it. So hold on to your hats if you're interested in a larger conversation around that, especially when we start talking about the research of Paul Spong, which is coming a little bit later. But I don't you know, one of the benchmarks in understanding or knowing whether or not a creature is of value is whether or not you see the CIA actually doing experiments <laughs> with these things. Yeah. Because unfortunately. It's the, yeah, it is true, unfortunately. And if you do see evidence of that, well, then there's probably something to it because the CIA has really gotten their, their tentacles, for lack of a better way to say it, into a lot of different things. And um, I mean, there, there was a 
a project called Oxygas that basically started around 1965. And around 1965 through 1967, we see all kinds of things happening. Like, like Flipper, the TV show comes out soon after. Everybody's going crazy about like dolphins and and how amazing they are and all of this stuff, which is kind of interesting, like that that all happened around the same time. But we're seeing that there were clandestine operations revolved around dolphins through Project Oxyglass to see whether or not dolphins would be able to do things, for instance, such as retrieval and and placement for certain objects, which means, you know, now you've got, I mean, you can imagine this, there's a spy over there somewhere in Italy or Greece. He walks out into the ocean, drops something, a dolphin comes, picks it up, and then brings it back to a ship. And now there's this circulation going on. You know, I mean, we're talking about dolphins also being <laughs> considered to drop off weaponry you know, bombs or things like that. I mean, these were going on, and this is not me saying this, we're looking at actual CIA documents that are showing that clandestine services, you know, were created using dolphins and that that it looked very promising. Not just that they were they were testing it out, but that it was very promising. And then all of a sudden, like it is with all CIA, uh, operations, they sort of just like disappear into the ether and then, oh, we didn't really continue with this. But is that true? I mean, anytime one of these CIA projects goes on like that and they shut it down, they're usually opening it up under a different name and nobody knows anything about it. Yeah, it's when it's when things start to leak. Um, information starts to leak a bit. Um, then they'll start adding to those leaks in order to say, hey, we're above board here with all this stuff. And then, well, we're gonna shut it all down. This is like what they did with remote viewing too. Uh, so, and then they'll just birth it in, in somewhere else with some other name. Yeah, and then hire you uh, on the down low because right. they still need the information, but you right. know, it's not kosher to talk about it publicly. So right. there's, um, there's a Popular Mechanics article here. It's really interesting. It's Popular Mechanics is a, the CIA once wanted to use dolphins to sink enemy ships. Yeah, so we got to pull this up for you guys to check out. Were they like suicide dolphins? <laughs> uh, actually, I think it was it was smarter than that because you don't want to you don't want to just dispose of something that you that you yeah took a lot really of money goes into train. training right right. So in 1964, the CIA launched an effort to use bottlenose dolphins to attack enemy ships. Strangely, the effort coincided, as I was just saying, with the popularity of Flipper, a TV show about a dolphin that patrolled Florida, a Florida water park and fought crime. Wow. <laughs> it fought <laughs> crime. It's like, like a little dolphin superhero. Oh, man. Hi. Well, I suppose Flipper told you to come out here and spy on me. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, yes. Just what did you expect to find? Okay, so while the program never panned out, another another design to save human lives by detecting sea mines did. The CIA introduced oxygas, which is what I was just telling you, in the early 60s, right around the time Flipper hit the big screen, right? Okay, now, documents show that the agency kicked off oxygas 
using at least two captured wild dolphins. The program envisioned training the dolphins to quietly infiltrate enemy bays and harbors, attaching explosive devices to the hulls of enemy ships, and then slipping back to a waiting boat. That's wildly intelligent. Yeah. You get them to do that. Yeah. And and the dolphins don't have discernment, you know? They're just they, they don't they don't have judgment rather, I'd say. It's it, they're not judging, they're just doing whereas all of us humans in this world would judge is that good or bad yeah they're like let me help these humans they're asking me to help right. them. yeah right. okay by november of 1964 the office of research and development it's a scientific research arm of the u.s environmental protection agency was cautiously optimistic they said quite frankly this project has progressed more quickly than we anticipated although unbridled enthusiasm is not justified at this time so they stated that despite communications problems between the handler and the animal and the need to determine a proper payload shape, it thought the CIA could perform a full-on test by January of 1965. This is a long time ago they were doing yeah. this. Think about this. Okay, so the CIA documents never mention specific kinds of explosive devices, but the agency probably planned on using conventional devices like the limpet mines human divers relied on during World War II. It's also within the realm of possibility that the CIA had nuclear weapons in mind. Nukes had grown smaller and lighter in the 19 years since the 10,000-pound Fat Man bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Although the nukes were still too big for dolphins to reasonably carry, the rapid pace of miniaturization suggested it was only a matter of time. In one document from February 1965, the CIA reported that two dolphins are now routinely delivering, simulated, and then they redacted the rest. <laughs> oh, man. So they were delivering simulated nuclear devices, most likely. That's probably where it went. Yeah, exactly. They were simulating all of that. We don't even know. Like, imagine that. Like, okay. The CIA was so impressed with oxygas that it envisioned plenty of other covert missions for dolphins. Right. These included attacks on a variety of ship types. Harbor and coastal reconnaissance through photographic means, specialized electronic intelligence gathering, and the placement of sonar, acoustic, and seismic buoys. The agency even imagined dolphins deploying weapons of mass destruction, sensors including rocket detection buoys, biological warfare and chemical warfare sensors, and trace element sensors meant to detect radioactive elements released into the atmosphere by a nuclear explosion. This was particularly important at the time, given that China had just conducted its first nuclear test and the CIA was eager to detect further tests. This is crazy. In 1967, the CIA's Technical Requirements Board recommended a change of tack. The Oxygas Dolphins would instead focus on intelligence collection. In their new role, the agency Dolphins would approach hostile country from at least 12 miles away. In this watery version of the classic dead drop, a technique for transferring items in espionage parlance, the dolphins would then retrieve objects that spies left in shallow water or floating near shore. This is what I was talking about before. However, the board noted it was difficult to train dolphins to travel more than 12 miles across unfamiliar waters. That makes sense. So in September of 1967, 
Uh, I saw the CIA support for OxyGas start to run out of steam. Oh, here it goes. A proposal for the program to become a joint Department of Defense CIA program went nowhere. The Advanced Research Projects Agency, an early form of today's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, that's DARPA, wanted to help fund the program because it thought dolphins could help differentiate various types of radars from one another. By 1970, however, the CIA had zeroed out funding for the dolphin program entirely. Sure you did. Yeah. Now, the Navy did continue a dolphin program uh, on the surface. Yeah. Well, you got to wonder um, if, if well, I'm sure it's like <clears throat> with everything here, um, trying to, well, like they did with sharks, like trying to remote control sharks, right? I'm sure they've, they've been trying, if not successful in remote controlling, controlling dolphins, you know, putting a chip in their brain. <laughs> Use your PlayStation sharks has just got to be yeah. one of the most hilarious and terrifying things I can yeah. think of at the same time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. guy in a little like submarine just remote controlling a shark. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So who knows like how advanced this program is today? And then think about genetic manipulation of, of dolphins. <clears throat> I'm sure this has gone way beyond what we can even imagine at this point. Yeah, it would have to. I mean, especially if we've got CIA documentation on this and they knew this much. I mean, again, they knew this much in 1965, like between 1965 and 1970, they acquired all of this information using and handling dolphins. Like what again, what are they doing now? I mean, right. granted, now the technology is potentially so advanced that they can do things with drones in a way that they could with something like dolphins, but, 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 but the drone, the drone underwater drones are going to be like probably detectable, uh, in general. And you know, nobody's going to look twice at a dolphin just passing by. Probably not. Maybe they do now. I don't know, but think about a drone, like the types of electromagnet magnetic signals, unless they can disguise those, um, that are detectable and sounds sound waves versus just a regular sea animal swimming around yeah i wonder what this training has has kind of introduced into their technology because you I mean who knows what kind of sounds even the dolphin is able to create and or mimic i mean i saw a video of a dolphin becoming very close to being able to speak english a-E-I-O. Like there are, there are trainers that were training the dolphin to speak English. And the it was almost as if the dolphin was like 90% there and saying certain things in a oh, similar yeah. way to like birds that birds can re, you know, they can um, impersonate whatever it is that they're hearing. The dolphin was doing it as well. Right. Right. I think beluga whales, uh, that were working with the Navy as well. We're, we're beginning to mimic, but <clears throat> they call it mimicry, but there's an intelligence behind it at the same time. So, you know, the other thing too, is it's, it, that is kind of sad, but also interesting is that in order to really understand a lot of these beings, creatures, and what they can do 
as as human in, in working with humans. You know, it's up to the military because the military's got the motivation and the money to devote whatever time they can, what they want to developing these into war machines, into aspects of using them for, for war, for killing in general, which is a curious thing. And the animals don't have a judgment on that, let, let alone know, who knows if they know or don't know. I have no idea, but they don't have a judgment on that. And it's weird to be able to take, it's weird to take a being that doesn't know one way or the other, apparently, and use them for the purpose of, of killing someone else. Very, very strange concept. You know what? Even if it's not killing, it's like this sort of snake-like, sneaky, clandestine activity, the spy, the spying activity, you know, or, that, you know, or like putting the mines on submarines, you know? Yeah. That kind of, yeah. It's mine. like training them how to do that. I gotta, I gotta think that the, that the dolphins have an awareness on, on this based off of what I've, the research that I've been doing on them. They're way too smart to not know a little bit, like, but they must, they're, their loyalty in helping human beings must outweigh in some regards, some of these concerns that they have. Well, we can get to that too with remote we, viewing because there's will. stuff in remote viewing that points that direction. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and then there's this, and we're going to be getting more into this in the next episode, you guys, where we're going to go full steam ahead into the most bizarre stuff around dolphins. But one of the things that has caused me pause recently, and we'll probably end after this in this episode, is this uh, group of orcas, these killer whales recently that have been attacking humans. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't. So, you know, <clears throat> you're just kind of saying like, you know, are the dolphins really aware or are the because orcas are basically just a form of dolphins. Orcas are called killer whales, but actually they are. Uh, just a larger species of dolphins. They're not really, I mean, they're all like this whole, these are all cetaceans. So they're all whales in a, in a sense, but at the same time, killer whales are more like dolphins than anything else because of their teeth and, and everything. Um, there's been a group, like a, I think it is a group of killer whales that have just been wiping humans out recently. They've been traveling around and it's caused a lot of uproar in the media because most of the time killer whales don't really attack human beings. Like they know better than that. But I think that there's some part of them that knows that like, or maybe one of them snapped because this one particular killer whale has been communicating and training, it seems, other whales to do the same thing that it's doing. I mean, and it's not just one episode. Like one episode would be like, all right, there was potentially blood in the water and it smelled something. It couldn't control itself because it's a wild animal. But you and I both know better than that. These things are way smarter than anyone thinks they are. And so this seems like a concerted effort to go after human beings that are in the ocean right now. So what happened? I mean, this may be something that we want to view, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. I had not heard of that. Okay. So these orcas are attacking boats and there's kind of like two hypotheses um, here. One is that the killer whales have 
invented a new fad, which I just think is like humans creating something that fits into their mind, you know, the paradigm that we live in. Something that subpopulations of these members of the dolphin family are known to do. They, they'll like, they have fads, you know. Much as humans, orcas fads are often spearheaded by juveniles, so someone young. Alternatively, the tax may be a response to a bad past experience involving a boat. They see the boats and they're going after the boats. Uh, but yeah, it is kind of funny that they're like still blaming it on teenagers here. It's yeah, like, those darn teenagers. <laughs> those yeah. Darn Arcus. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to sink boats and watch the humans just sink to the bottom. We didn't attack boats when we were kids. <laughs> we were playing with balls. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting thing. But yeah, it's something we should probably look into, try and understand it. For sure. Well, in our next episode, we are going to get into the research of Paul Spong and the many strange, bizarre, even telepathic capabilities of these creatures. It's going to change your whole mind on what these things are. So thank you guys so much for uh, for watching this episode. John, thank you for being here. And for all of you, those of you watching, we hope you guys thought this episode was as out of this world as we did.